The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Hear these words out of Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked. For there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity. All go to one place. All are from the dust, and to the dust all return. We have... uh a few spots up front, by the way, for those of you that are standing in the back. The Corbett's don't bite. Promise. Um, we're going to spend uh, just a few minutes, it's just a brief service, but we're just going to spend a few minutes reflecting on the passage that, that Kyle just read for us. And as we head into this time, uh, if you all would please just join your hearts and minds with me in prayer. Oh, Lord God, we pray that as we reflect on your word, that your spirit would be here to shape our hearts, to turn us towards repentance. Not that we would sit in our guilt and in our shame, but that we would see your radical embrace of grace and love that you extend to us in our Savior Jesus. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. Uh, So you may not know this, uh, but but back in the day, uh, Facebook was just for college students. Does anyone remember that? All right, yes, everyone in my generation. Very good, okay. Uh, and, and so grandmas and moms were not allowed on there initially, uh, but now they've taken it over. Uh, but, but at any rate, uh, when, when it first came out, it wasn't even just all college students. It was specific universities were allowed to have it, and some weren't. And I went to a very small university, and so my school didn't have it. And so I remember vividly going to visit a friend of mine at a state school, and they had Facebook. Oh, it was such an upgrade from MySpace. And so, so we get there, and, and we're clicking around on his Facebook. He's like, Gabe, you got to check this out. And so we check it out, and, and inevitably, we started just, just creeping on people that we went to high school with, which is what you do. And, and so we do that. And, and back in the day, you know, Facebook was a much even simpler outline than it is now. Like, it was literally like your name, your gender, uh, your political leanings, your major, uh, and, and what your religious preference was. Like, that was just kind of it. And, and I remember we came across this girl who I went to high school with, uh, and she had recently changed, uh, Facebook told us, her religious preference uh, from Christianity to be nice. Okay? That was the shift. Okay? Christianity to her religion of now, be nice. Uh, which... You know, it sounds like a lovely sentiment and everything, except that I went to high school with that girl. She was not that nice. Like, she was really bad at her own religion. And see, like, this is the reality that the the author of Ecclesiastes is tapping into in the text that Kyle just read this evening. Just listen to what the author of Ecclesiastes says in verse 16. Listen to these words. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. And so the author of Ecclesiastes is saying, look, when I'm even just like, when I'm going to the places where there should be justice, where there should be right living, where people should have their stuff together, the places where I expect to see that, right alongside justice is wickedness. 
right alongside right living is wickedness. That somehow, the author of Ecclesiastes is saying, somehow the whole world is just shot through with this brokenness. And he's right, isn't he? He's right. Like, if you're with us tonight, and, and maybe you're not even a Christian, you're just joining us because your friend dragged you here. Uh, sorry. Uh, but, but they did. And, and, and you may say, you know, this whole idea of us all being broken and all being sinful, like, you know, that's just nonsense. Okay, let's just, let's just dig into it, all right? We can all agree on the golden rule. You all with me on that, right? Do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. Love others as you'd love yourself, right? Do unto others as you'd have them do to you. We, we all love the golden rule. Everybody loves the golden rule. You don't have to be a Christian to love it. Have you ever tried it? Have you ever tried following the golden rule? Like for 12 hours. Really tried following it. Like, like meet the needs of other people with all the strength and all the joy and all the creativity and all the speed with which you meet your own needs. Do unto others if you have to do them to you. It's the same thing, right? Be as excited about the success of others as you would be about your own success. You ever actually tried to follow it? It's impossible. The reality is if you try to follow it, you'll discover a principle within yourself that says, with the author of Ecclesiastes, in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. In the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. Even as I was trying to do the right things, this darkness just kept creeping up inside of me. It's just true. And then our text tells us things get even worse. Verse 17. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there's a time for every matter and for every work. And so not only are we shot through with brokenness and sinfulness and right where there's supposed to be justice and righteousness and where we're supposed to be living right and we're a mess, he says now, and we're going to be judged for it. Well, that's comforting, right? We're going to be judged by God for it. Like we don't just live consequence free. And so what do we do? How do we get out from under the weight of all this? Well, in all four of the Gospels, the biographies of Jesus, one of the first words that Jesus uses is repent. Repent. It's a metanoia in the Greek. It literally means to, to turn around, to recognize that there is something wrong with you, to own that, and to turn from it, to repent. I recently read an article... Uh, in the Washington Post, and it was an interview with uh, the New York Times columnist uh, David Brooks. And uh, it, was a, it was an interview about his most recent book. He released it last year called The Road to Character. Uh, and and in, in the interview, the interviewer says to Brooks, hey, you said this book saved your soul. Saved your soul. What did you mean by that? And R Brooks responded by saying this, I didn't mean I was having some midlife crisis or that my life was falling apart. But I do think that the state of your soul, whether expressed religiously or secularly, is the primary concern in life. I'd become not terrible, but not the person I wanted to be. So David Brooks, New York Times columnist, he's, he's not a Christian, although I actually heard he's kind of wrestling with it right now. Uh, but, but he says, you know, I looked at the state of my soul and I wasn't the person I wanted to be, that something was wrong with me. And he's right. This is the human condition. And so what do we do in light of that? We just say, hey, I'm just going to work really, really hard. I'm going to do all the right things. I'm going to make it. I'm, I'm actually, I am going to keep the golden rule. It's just going to happen. I'm going to be the perfect person that's going to work out for me. 
It doesn't. You can't. We've already covered that. And so what's fascinating to me is actually in this interview with, with David Brooks, uh, the interviewer starts talking with him and says, hey, so what books did you read uh, in, in preparation for writing your book? And he said, well, one of the books I read was uh, St. Augustine's Confessions. And, and the interviewer says, so what were you so struck with in Augustine's Confessions? What, what was interesting to you in that? And, and David Brooks responds. He says, with him, Augustine, what I found so attractive, and this is more a Christian concept, is the concept of grace, the concept of undeserved love. It helps to feel religious to experience grace. Even if you're a secular person, you can always have the feeling that people love you more than you deserve and that you're accepted. And see, what I love that Brooks is tapping into here is that to repent is not simply just to, to recognize and own up to my sin, but it's to recognize to own up to my sin and then to turn and turn towards God's grace to turn towards his embrace of me in the person of Jesus Christ. You see, this is what's so great about Ash Wednesday. Is Ash Wednesday is absolutely sobering. But in the best way. Like, in just a few minutes, you're going to come up here and we're going to put ashes on your head and we're going to say, dust you are and to dust you will return. That the wages of sin is death and you are going to die. But in the midst of the sobriety of your brokenness, you have the opportunity to encounter the God who extends grace in the person of Jesus Christ. That there's a brokenness that runs through each one of us that there is actually a judgment day awaiting each one of us. And yet during Lent, we recognize the reality that Jesus on the cross entered into our brokenness, that he took on each one of your sins. He made it his own on the cross. And on the cross, he wrote the check for your sins. But that three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. That means that the check cleared. Meaning that those of you that are in Christ Jesus, that you've already faced judgment day. And on account of Jesus' work on your behalf, you're declared innocent. You're free. You're good to go. You've already faced your judgment day. And you're innocent. And so as we move into a time of confession, let's truly repent. Let's recognize those areas in our life that are soaked with sin, that are shot through where we're not the people that God's created us to be. And let's lay that before God. But then let's recognize and look forward to the hope and the victory that we have in our Savior Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, teach us to repent. Not just to, to recognize that, that we don't have our stuff together. We know that, Lord. Teach us to recognize that and to turn to you. To receive your love. To receive your grace. To be embraced by you. It's in your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Up the ground, breathing life into the dust. God's image became us and he walked among us. 
with us, side by side, God and I, until I chose the worst and left his side, and sin tastes like the first bite of the fruit. Biting off more than our world could chew, I nod on the dark of night, swallowing separation, digesting a need for salvation. And my mouth is no different than Adam's. And my hands are guilty like Eve's, and I've run like Jonah, lied like David, like Matthew. I've been a cheater, and I've sunk and denied like Peter. I've hated like Paul, and I'm a product of the fall, and I've hammered nails into Christ's hands like the men who watched him complete God's master plan. And he washed down our forbidden bite, drinking the cup for our eternal life. And I live somewhere between lost and found, a tension between answers and questions, and I need the wilderness to understand why death was part of his glorious plan to wander in the sinking mess I am, to search within the silence and lock arms with emptiness, hollow out my insides. And I may crave what can only be satisfied by your love and life. Satisfy my sorrow. Sing alive my soul. My sin is dark like Friday, a thin shadow cast from the cross between my eyes where you hung dead is where I came alive. You took on death and decay. The price you paid, the sacrifice you made, made a way. Made a way for us to come back to your side. You swallowed death, drowning beneath our sea of sins, but hope Hope doesn't let the story end. And our demise was met with Christ crucified. Life and death collide as my steps echo those faithful, those faithful words. Dust you are, and to dust you will return. But when you return, these ashes will rise like flames reaching for the night sky. And it was your death that gave us new life. You rose waking these dead bones alive. And in you, love cannot fail. Fear cannot prevail. Dust you are, and to dust you will return. Dust to dust, your life my trust. Dust to dust, your resurrection, hope for us. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others, and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.